Hey everybody, welcome to the Next Level Finance Podcast. This is your host, Tony Kane, entrepreneur, finance coach, and mortgage broker. Today, we are packed again. I'm gonna be talking about how to manage your money as a millennial. I feel like this is the most crucial time in your life where things get really hard. There's so much going on. So, so these little tricks and hacks I'm gonna talk through with you today are gonna to really help you to navigate the mess, which is sort of being a millennial and sort of growing through that phase where you're trying to get ahead in your career you might be trying to get married raise a family buy a house there's a thousand things going on so today i'm going to break it all down right pull it all apart then i'm going to pull it back together to help you to figure out how you can start managing your money and creating wealth as a millennial and don't worry if you're not a millennial you're a little bit older you're a little bit younger the tricks and hacks i'm going to talk through in the next next sort of 20 30 minutes is going to be able to really help you to grow your wealth and it's really basic stuff but just stuff that a lot of us either aren't aware of or we've forgotten about so i'm just going to hopefully bring you back on track fire you up a little bit to help you to understand why it is so important to start managing your money better because ultimately remember what we're trying to do here on the next level finance podcast is to get you guys in a position where you can have the choices in life where you've got enough money where you can decide if you want to work where you want to travel who you want to hang out with what kind of car you want to have my goal is to make as many of you guys out there as rich as possible so you don't have to say no to many things you know if you want that holiday that watch that car we can go and grab that but to get to that place there's a little bit of work that needs to be done today so strap in really excited to go through some hacks that are going to get you on track to creating wealth you ready let's go all right so let's get started right so as a millennial we've probably by now starting to figure out our sort of getting a groove of our career so first thing i want you to realize is the research coming out these days is is indicating that if you're a millennial the likelihood is that you're going to live to 100 maybe 110 120 now i know that sounds crazy and if you're not looking after yourself that probably won't be the case but the, it's highly likely that we're talking about you know another 50 60 70 80 years of life left with us so what i'm trying to get to there is i'm, I'm a finance guru right and i sort of geek out on that stuff but i also want you to have a good life so it's really it's really important to me that we can create wealth but i don't want you to be getting up every day hating life on your way to your wealth creation journey so if you think about that you there's a likelihood that you might have to work until you are 70 or 80 and that for most of us that would most millennials out there that would mean that's anywhere from 30 to 50 years of work first thing i want you to do is make sure that you're in the right career now there's a thing that i read recently in a book called good to great it's called the hedgehog concept now in this book the author jim collins he talks about him and his team did a lot of research on what the best companies in america do well and there was the three things that these guys identified that were really important to having a successful career were you were passionate about what you're doing. Now, don't confuse passion with a hobby, right? So I love snowboarding, but I'm never going to go and open a snowboard shop. Or maybe I will, but not right now because I don't feel like that's going to give me enough money to do what I want to do. So you've got to be passionate about it or at least passionate enough about what you're doing. You need to make sure that there's money in it, right? Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you need to go out there and be a capitalist and just go and take the job that's going to give you the highest pay. But the reality is, if you're going to go and work 50, 60 hours a week or 40 to 50 hours, you may as well make sure that you have the ability to earn a decent amount of income. The third thing is, which I love this, is try to get into a career or a job or a business that 
you can become the best at the in the world at. Now, I know that sounds crazy, right? But for me, I love finance, but I was never going to be an economist, right? It's just I love the practical sort of mum and dad help practical, really basic finance tips. And that's really served me and my family well and all of my clients well. But I'm never going to go and tell you, right? I don't have the passion to go and research the top 20 companies in Australia and go through all their balance sheets and their reports and tell you which company is going to be performing best tomorrow, right? That's just not my jam. So before we get into the finance side of things, I just want you to have a think about, okay, if we could, if before we embark on this wealth creation journey, if we know that we've got potentially anywhere from 30 to 50, 60 maybe years of being in a job, let's try to find something that we're actually, you know, don't mind doing. We're not going to be dreading getting up and going to work every day. And the author of Good to Great, he sort of identified there's the three things just to recap that they were you've got to be passionate about it, you've got to have the ability to earn money, and you've got to have the ability to be really become really good at what you're doing. So I wanted to start with that because I wanted you to have a think about what you're doing for work and is it something that's gonna A give you enough enjoyment for the next, you know half a century and B is going to give you the ability to become really good at it and earn a lot of money all right so let's move on but just wanted to stop there and go backwards a little bit because I think it's really important that you enjoy what you do I I think it's one of the most important things in life because we're going to spend so much time at our at our workplace in the next sort of half a century so let's make sure that you know we don't have to love it we can still have our hobbies but but we need to like it enough all right, so I'm going to have to make some assumptions in this podcast because everyone's at different stages, but I'm going to talk through like the millennial journey, okay? So we've got a job. It's a full, usually we're earning some decent money right now. So the things that generally pop up, right, for millennials are, and I'll cover them off each individually there. We need to obviously do, we, <laughs> we want to do some travel. That's really big on most of our priority list. And that could mean a gap year, right? So I'll talk you through that. We want to, um, most of the time we're thinking about a serious relationship and potentially a wedding, right? So that's important. We need to allow funds for that. Um, But we're starting to think about, you know, kids potentially, starting a family and then buying a house. So uh, from doing this for so long, guys, and I've sort of been through the whole travel, wedding, kids, housing myself in the last decade. And and you know what? It's bloody hard. Like, I I mean, I found it really hard. I think it was probably the, the hardest time or definitely the hardest time of my life and I think I uh looking looking forward I think that's probably the hardest period of my life that I'll have to go through so it uh I think I think us millennials we 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 cop a bit of flack you know everyone gives us a hard time they think that we're we're really flippant we're lazy I don't think that's the case I think that you know it's to stick up for us millennials out there I think that we just are pretty well researched and uh if we can find a smarter and quicker way to to do something we're going to do it right so and I, I think you know i think that's commendable and i don't think that's stupid at all but let's move into this sort of wealth side of being a millennial all right so i'm going to get down and dirty with some tactics today right i want to get really tactical talking about what we do as a millennial okay so let's talk percentages because i found that's easy i'm just going to use an example right so if i talk about take-home pay that's basically what you take home so first things first number one all millennials i want you to save Set up an online savings account, which is separate to your everyday banking, and put f- and work towards saving five thousand dollars. Now, what this is for? This is our emergency fund. This is for when you know our uh, our mate decides to get married, and we've got a bucks party in Vegas, or you know we've got a girls trip to 
wherever, you know, or we've got that um, family member who decides to get married over in India and we need to jump on a plane pretty quickly. So everyone, I know it sounds like a lot of money, but if you can try to aim to save between three to $5,000 for an emergency fund, I guarantee you that'll make you sleep a lot better at night. So then once we've got that, once we've got that right, I want you to start trying to try, even if you even if you're not in a relationship right now, I want you to think about, okay, what's going to happen down the track? So I think everyone should be allocating between 20 to 40% of their take-home pay for future wealth creation. And this is potentially to be buying a house. Now, it doesn't matter. I don't need you to be buying a house. Now, I'm quite happy for you to be renting where you want to live, but I need you to pretend like you want a house one day. Because even if it's the furthest thing on your radar, I guarantee you that once sort of life changes on you and you get into a serious relationship and there might be kids coming along that you're going to want a house. So 20 to 40% is I want you to start thinking about saving for a house. Now, golden rule is if you think the house is going to be more than five years away, I'm happy for you to put that to put that into a, a low-cost managed fund or, or a, a well um or a share portfolio. Anything under five years, I know the interest rates are crappy, but I'd prefer you just to put that in the bank account, right? So let's start thinking about, okay, so we've got we've got our emergency fund, we're saving between 20 to 40% of our take-home pay for tomorrow, right? And when I say tomorrow, that's for potentially to buy us a house. So there's a couple of ways to do that. And at Next Lending, we, use a, we, we do a family guarantee a lot where you can actually use a parent to help you with a deposit. So let's say that you, you are sort of you know, potentially in a relationship and you're looking to buy your first house. There is a way that you can buy a property without having to have too much of a deposit. Now, we, when we go into these transactions in my company at Next, we, sort of, we go really deep. We want to make sure that it's the best thing for you and the best thing for your parents. But if you wanted to inquire about that, feel free to touch base with the team at Next at, on 95241072 or www.next.com lend.com.au but it is a way where you can potentially get into the property market a lot quicker and it can work really well on occasions but we want to make sure that we're we're going into those transactions properly so now if we're if we're not married already or we're looking to get married i've been married for 10 years i've got my 10 year anniversary this year can i recommend and no one a lot of people out there won't do it but i'm going to tell you anyway can we please go away from can we go away from this big wedding thing i wish it wasn't a thing i wish i wish it was the more of the norm where you could just have an awesome party right and invite if you want to invite 300 people to your party let's do that but let's not try to spend you know any more so i've got a rule right you can't spend more than 25 percent of your income your gross income on your wedding so if you are on a hundred thousand dollars a year you're not allowed to spend more than 25 grand if you're on two hundred thousand you're not allowed to spend more than fifty thousand right so if you're looking to get married that is my absolute max but i would highly recommend throw a big awesome party right get everyone there and then just go and have a small wedding with your friends and family you know and I know it sounds amazing, but it's just one day, and I don't want you to define your relationship by your wedding. Like I said, I've, I've been really lucky. I've been married for a long time now, and looking back on it, my wife and I would have preferred to, you know, rather than the big elaborate wedding, and we made them. Well, it's not the mistake, right? But we went down that traditional path. But in hindsight, you know, I wish that we just sort of 
had a party that went on an amazing holiday with a small ceremony just with our, with our really close friends and family. So don't let me talk to you in and out of a big wedding, but uh, that was just my two cents on the matter. Okay, so what we're trying to do is we've got an emergency farm, we're saving for our future house, we've, we've, we've done a moderate wedding, right? We haven't gone over the top. Now I want you to really focus, right? If we're, if we're looking to have kids, you need to prepare for kids. Oh, I believe so because... um. You know, I'm a dad and I've got two little girls and, you know, being a dad is probably the – it's just amazing. And it's it's it just it just makes me so happy. But – and I'm so lucky that I have um, – I put a lot of work in in my, in my 20s where I don't think there was anyone in, in the country who worked harder in their 20s than me. But, but it wasn't because it – was, it was money motivated, but it was also motivated because I knew that I wanted to have kids and I knew that when my kids came, I wanted to be able to spend time with them. So I'm, I'm so lucky if, if I was – if I'm not very athletic, but if I was going to win a gold medal, you know, I, I would be able to go to the Olympics for, for, for being a dad and it's just the thing that I love the most and I like to think that, you know, I, I like to think that I am a great dad be, and, and the main – one of the major reasons for that is because – I've been so lucky to be able to set my business and my life up where I, I'm just with my girls a lot. You know, I spend more time than anyone with their kids and, that, and that's uh, that's worth billions of dollars to me. So I think that if you're thinking about having kids, you need to, you need to think about the lifestyle that you're going to have when your kids come along. So, for example, right, you need to know that obviously when kids come along um, – one of the partners is going to be off work for an extended period of time. And don't, don't worry, like kids, everyone, there's probably a little bit of a misconception where kids are kids cost a lot of money. They, they do, but in the, in the first sort of, before they go to school, they don't actually cost a lot of money. It's just the, it's just what you don't earn, right? That's, that's, the, real, that's the really big pain point where that income drops off. And obviously childcare is expensive, but we, we do live in a great country where that is sort of, you know, a lot of it is subsidised. So, but I want you to think about if you're in a relationship, right, and you're looking to have kids or you already do have kids, we need to figure out how we can grow our wealth but find the balance between, you know, being able to spend time with our kids. And that all comes down to cash flow, guys. So if you've already got kids, you need to really, really spend some time budgeting and figuring out how the flow of your family's money works to make sure that you're making every dollar count. And um, do us a favour, I don't want you to overcapitalise here. Like, kids won't remember their, their fancy bedroom when they were three years old or four, five years old. They will remember, you know, playing playing soccer or netball with mum and dad in the afternoon. So, so I don't want you to go too crazy and, and, and think that you need to have an amazing home just yet because the golden rule for me is if you're – I don't want you to spend any more than 40% of your take-home pay on your home repayments. I guarantee if you're if you get yourself, you know, and I, I I make money in my business at next lending money to people, but we don't want to ever want to put anyone in a situation where they've borrowed too much that it's it's crippling their lifestyle. So I mean don't get me wrong, there is a there is a period of where you've got to knuckle down and you know you can't have everything. But like I said, if you stick to thirty percent of your take home pay towards your mortgage, then you'll always be fine. So if your family brings home two grand a week, right? I don't want you spending any more than six hundred a week on your mortgage, right? It's really simple calculation. You can potentially bump it up to forty percent. So that could if you take home two grand, you could spend up to eight hundred dollars a week, but that would be the absolute max I want you to spend because I guarantee you any more than forty percent, there won't be much left over for a, saving for an emergency. B, 
B, running a house, you know, C, traveling and doing fun stuff. So let's, uh, let's try to aim for that. So once you've got your, you know, let's say that you've, um, you've worked towards, you know, either you've used a family guarantee or otherwise, if you can try to do it the old fashioned way, that would be amazing. We want you to try to save 20% for your first property. And like I said before, it doesn't have to be, it's not going to be your last property. And a lot of the times my clients, I'd like to think of your first property as a future investment. So bear with me for a second, right? But let's say that you're, you're listening to this podcast, you don't have a property, you might be recently sort of married or you might um, have recently had kids, right? What I want you to think about is if you're looking at buying property, say that you you and your partner can afford a property worth 700000 right? So what you want to think of, let's say that we, we can afford this 700000 because the repayments don't equal more than 30 to 40% of our take-home pay. Now, I want you to think of it like this. What if we set up an offset account? Now, what an offset account is, it sits against our mortgage and we can save money. So let's say we've saved up 20% deposit or we've used a guarantor to buy this property for $700,000, right? And let's say that our mortgage is, for example, $600,000. Now, and let's say over the next five years, we we pay off $100,000 off that property that sits five years later, that property that we bought for seven hundred is now worth nine hundred thousand, and we owe five hundred thousand. So, do you see what we've done there? We've created four hundred thousand in equity in that five-year period, but we haven't overcapitalized and gone outside of our comfort zone too much. So, what you could typically do here, right? One or two things. A lot of people would sell that property, right, to buy another property, which I think would be a great idea but what you've done there is you've effectively created yourself a four hundred thousand dollars deposit for a long-term property so let me recap on my millennial money journey so let's say you've got your career that you like and you're happy with you're starting to earn income what i want you to do is set up an emergency account put some money away for something you haven't planned for then i want you to say between 20 to 40 percent of your take-home pay for a future property. Um, I want you to not overcapitalize on a wedding. I want you to make sure that you're not spending more than 25% of your, t- your annual income on your wedding. And then if we're planning for kids, we want to make sure that we've provisioned for it. So when the kids come along, we don't have to sort of spend 100 hours a week at work. We've got, we've got the income and the capacity there and we've budgeted so that when they come along, we can actually enjoy the time. And our first property, we're trying, as a millennial, we want to try to get into the property market at some point. And once we're in there, we want to spend that first five years, right, making sure that the repayments aren't more than 30 to 40% of our take home. And we've got the capacity to start paying extra off our mortgage because that first five years, we want to get some growth in the property, we want to pay some of the debt down, and that's going to make a huge difference to the deposit we've got for our next property. And that's when we can, you know, really start to look at, you know, both increasing our lifestyle but start creating really really decent wealth for ourselves so guys as a millennial it is freaking hard so don't be too hard on yourselves i don't want anyone to beat beat themselves up you know not you know baby boomers and you know we cop a hard time from you know generation x that we're all whinge and stuff but you know what I, i think it's really hard you know house prices have never been higher we're trying to you know somehow find a way to navigate the the path of raising a family whilst trying to earn an income and spend time with our family and trying to get ahead in life it's really tricky 
the biggest thing that I want you to remember is it's a long race, right? We're not in a rush. And it doesn't matter if you don't get your first house to your to your 40, right? And it doesn't matter if you don't pay that off to your 70 because times are changing. I don't want you to think as a millennial like like a baby boomer because we've our, our clock is sort of ticking a lot slower, right? So, you know, I, I, you know, for me personally, I'm happy for eating avocado on toast. I really enjoy avocado on toast. And, if, you know, I don't... I don't, I don't mind if that means that I'm not going to pay my house off tomorrow because I know that I've got a plan to pay my house off and I've got a plan to grow my wealth. So I'm, I'm going to be fine. So, you know, I will have that avocado and toast and I will get that extra coffee because, you know, <laughs> I think as millennials, you know, let's uh, let's stick it up and show everyone how we can uh, have our cake and eat it too. So, uh, guys... I think that's a wrap for today. I am really glad that you were hanging out with me there and I hope that you've just got a little bit of inspiration there and a couple of little gems, just like some little things there, you know, like in terms of your wedding, don't spend more than 25%. You know, trying to save between 20 to 40% of your take-home for a future property. We want to start making sure we can create some equity in our first property. Just little things like that where, um, you know, it's going to help you to just stay on track. Like, for example, if you've put 40% of your take-home pay towards either saving for a property or paying down a mortgage and you've got leftover money for smashed avocado go for it get get two servings right you've you've already done the hard work uh and uh trust me as millennials the world's never been better for us to earn money so find your lane figure out that crossover between something that you're passionate about something that's going to be able to make you a lot of money and something that you can become really good at. If you can nail all those three things and be really disciplined with a couple of the fundamentals I've outlined in this podcast, I guarantee you there is no way that you cannot become wealthy and design an amazing lifestyle for yourself and your family. So thank you so much for hanging out with me. If you haven't already, feel free to subscribe to the podcast. That way a new episode will be downloaded every time they come out. And, you know, do me a favor, copy this link, share this podcast with someone that you think, you know, might be struggling a little bit and a little bit concerned about money and they need a little bit of inspiration that it's going to be okay. Please share it with them. And uh, I really look forward to catching up with you guys all next week. Thank you so much.